0: Hey there, you're listening to Get More Done. I'm your host, Ben Dugavich. Each episode, we will talk with folks from different industries to learn how they are doing more with less. They will help you level up to build systems to scale, leverage automation, and everything in between. On this episode, I sat down with Ian Brooks, a consultant, coach, and psychologist that helps individuals and corporations transform to unlock their full potential. In his recent book, Intention, Building Capabilities to Transform Your Story, he lays out the steps everyone can take to live a more focused and fulfilling life built on a foundation of intention. Enjoy. Excellent. Welcome back to Get More Done, the podcast all about productivity. Uh, On today's episode, I'm joined with uh, Ian Brooks, the CEO and founder of RoadSmith Consulting. So Ian, welcome to the podcast.
1: No, thanks for having me, Ben. Glad to be here. Excellent.
0: So typically when we start these, just to break up the nerves a little bit, we'll do an icebreaker question, kind of get you out of the, you know, the the process of just the repeated answers and everything. So this one, sure. because you, you know, I've spent so much time in the psychology field and, and are an expert mm-hmm. there, if you could instantly be an expert in any other subject, what would it be and why?
1: Yeah. For me, it's fairly easy uh, because it aligns to one of my other passions, and that would be a sommelier or an expert in wine tasting. Um, I love drinking wine. Um, I love making drinks, period. Um, In a former life, I was a a bartender and uh, tend to, to make drinks on my own and just try to experiment um, but I love the nuance of what wine brings and there's so much variation based on the soil and the ingredients and the region and the barrels and the aging process that I mean it's just it offers in a complexity one in how to make it but secondly just the flavor profiles and so forth that really bring about so much uh, character um, and a story if you will so you know it would blend one my interest in drinking wine and just drinking in general, but secondly, also a passion and just understanding the background behind that too. So, if I was an expert in any anything, it'd be wine making and being a sommelier. Awesome,
0: yeah. I don't think I have the palate for that. I couldn't tell you a good wine versus a bad <laughs> wine. And most people, if you charge them more money, they're like, "This wine's delicious," right? Yes.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome.
0: So so tell us uh you know uh, a little bit about your your book that you you just wrapped up here Intention. I'd love to know yeah. a little bit more on you know why you decided to write this book and most importantly like what do you hope the readers you know get from um, from Intention?
1: No, it, it's a great question and, and for for the listeners uh just for background uh, I did write a book called Intention Building Your Capabilities to Transform Your Story. Um, Intention really was born out of my work working with individuals Um, as a a personal and professional coach. um, I see the experience that individuals go through as they're looking to transform their lives, be it at work and building a capability or a new skill set or an individual just looking to expand. Um, As I was going through that process and that journey, just working with a number of different clients, I recognized that they were stumbling in the same places. Um, It tended to be that while they had a wonderful plan, they weren't able necessarily to invoke or actually execute against their actions on a more consistent basis. Um, And if they were consistent, they couldn't necessarily sustain it because they hadn't built uh, the behaviors into the fabric of who they were and who they are. Um, And so as I thought about those two challenges of one, consistency, and secondly, sustainability, I then went back and said, okay, where does that necessarily come from? And from that answering that question, of where does that come from? Where does that challenge come from? I then went back and said, okay, first, are we solving for the right challenges, number one? And then secondly, where are we integrating this into our lives? And really more specifically, integrating that into who am I as a person? Not looking at at the end result as a, a linear process, but one, building it into the fabric of my identity, of who I am, my decisions, my choices, so that I can now build it into the fabric of my day to days and changing my routines and patterns. So as such, I wrote intention first by just by documenting the, the instances of where people cha- are challenged and more specifically offering a guide. So to the second part of your question of what, what is intention really about? Intention really does provide an offer in a, a lens of clarity. Uh, more specifically, steps to transform one's story because we're actually talking about behaviors and capabilities. It does this by reinforcing new capabilities so we can move forward because can- capabilities are transferable to many situations. Oftentimes when we think about transformations, we think about it in a very myopic, singular, process-oriented or change-specific way. I'm really taking this out and look driving towards behaviors that are transferable to other situations. Now the book is written in a story-based format where I'm combining fiction with nonfiction with research, with my own personal experience, and those, of, my, those uh, of whom I've coached to truly illuminate a path forward for people to now embark upon their own journey. Um, the book is written into five different por- parts. Um, the first is, as I mentioned, around discovery. The second piece was around the principle of you. Those two first parts are where we typically see the struggles, or at least in my experience, of where people are really establishing the foundation of who they are, what they want, that leads them to the third piece, of building a plan. Now that's really establishing hardcore thinking and really asking questions to get people to really break out of their shelves and expand past their current patterns. The last uh, sections are really based off of, one, the experience. Actually taking very specific steps on creating new experiences on a week-to-week, moment-to-moment basis. And actually at the end of the week leads us to the fifth part of attunement, that part of reflection. So we can actually go back and think about what we've done, the decisions we've made, and take stock in the progress that we have made. Now, each of these parts are offered in a series of questions that really are intended to elicit different questions and thoughts. um, And really driving readers to one, solve a very specific problem, while also acknowledging that we're building upon capabilities that are transferable across other ways.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that makes total sense of not just having it be an endpoint, but making it part of the fabric of who you are. Like you're saying, in order Mm -hmm. to have that sustainable transformation, it has to be something from within and something that's a part of you now. Like I am this new thing. Makes total sense. Um, And and speak a little bit more about these types of transformations, because I've heard you say that they can take a lot of time. It's not necessarily like a light switch, right? It can take a bit of time to formulate this new, new thought patterns, everything else. Is it is it possible for everyone to be able to shift and maybe you know become more productive and to um, transform more than other people?
1: Yeah, it, it really it really is. Um, and more it is more specifically is that we all can transform. Um, as I described in the book, we are all built on the basis that we are evolving, whether we want to or not. Um, we get old. We get gray hair. We will die at some point. Um, When we stub our toe, (laughs) we start offing. Uh, We do go through our own evolution. I'm actually bringing that to the forefront of consciousness. More specifically, when we're making a choice with transformation, we're now going to be intentional about that. That means we're creating some level of detail and a level of specificity that is necessary for us to do something different. Now, transformations do take time because recognizing that we just didn't get here today Oftentimes when I'm working with my clients, the first thing I acknowledge with them is that I can't judge the book based on the chapter I'm walking in on. Thus, when I'm actually working with someone or even acknowledging a pain point for myself, I'm recognizing that's accumulation of different choices, different actions that have kept me safe and potentially have made me successful to the point where I am today. But where I want to be tomorrow will take a different fabric, a different level of thinking, a different level of writing a new story of new behaviors that requires a certain level of consciousness. And as such, one of the biggest things that we are all trying to do is be better. And being better from a transformative standpoint, and more specifically, you'll hear me repeat it again, is around the consciousness of doing something different, of which we all can do. Now, I will say that we're all starting from a different point. We're not all starting from the same start. We all have a different place. Um, We have different choices. We have our own different fabric. But yet, as we think about transformations and some of its difficulty, and one of the challenges is that we're driven by a social media and and invisibility, where we're judging ourselves against other people, other things. We're judging ourselves against an end result that we are prescribed to versus, as I mentioned earlier, built into the fabric of my own choices, my own decisions. So in that and more succinctly answering your question, transformations do take time because you just didn't get here today. We are going to have to unravel some of the complexities of the decisions and choices and even the environment of the people, places, and things that surround us and keep us safe. As such, we are all starting and have the capability to transform, but we're all starting from a different place. In order to do so, we have to make sure that it's conscious so that we can move forward on a consistent basis so we can, again, build it into the fabric of who we are so we can sustain whatever new behaviors and expectations that we have for ourselves moving forward.
0: Yeah. I I, I love that because it, I mean, it's open to everybody and it's not just this unattainable thing because it starts with your own Mm -hmm. mind and your own consciousness of focusing on what you want and chiseling, chiseling that out. So with all of the folks, you know, and the students and the clients and the coaches, you know, all the coaching that Mm -hmm. you've done in adapting these transformations, what have been some struggles for folks?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, it's something that, um, We all go through, and I say we because I go through it myself as as well. And that is sometimes we we just rush for an end result, right? We are rushing just to get to an end point Um, because we're looking for that new job title. We're looking to score that next gig. We're looking to have our our uh, the play or the movie that we just (laughs) wrote hit the big screen. We're already looking for that end result. Um, and oftentimes it's hard to control that because if you actually describe transformation or a change to someone, they're looking for what's that return on my investment, a la my dollars or my or my time. What's that tangible accent that I'm now being judged by being for myself and others are judging me as well. Sometimes that's hard to control and we're just rushing to get to those endpoints. And so one of the things that I do with my clients is from the very outset, um, I asked them to really step back and say, I want them to manage their pace. And pace for me is an acronym for number one. The P stands for patience. We need to be patient on this journey. As I mentioned earlier, uh, people want to rush to get to that end result. And we just didn't get here today. We're going to be uncovering and discovering new parts about ourselves and new parts about our environment that keep us where we are. So we have to be patient on that journey of change and more specifically the transformation because we're going to be unraveling, letting go of certain things while also starting new behaviors, which requires some level of conscious. That second part around pace is the A around accountability. Our accountability is extremely important because no one's one's going to ask us, did we do or not do, (laughs) right? It's just up to us. So holding ourselves accountable and saying, is this important enough for me? Is this something that I truly want to achieve? And this gets us back to what am I willing to do? In that capacity, when I'm talking to my clients, it's around, we can only, I can only take them so far around a conversation, around the awareness, around the discovery, but it's up to them to go do. I can't, can't do that for them. So they have to hold themselves accountable. The C around that is around commitment. So we have patience, accountability, and their co- continuous commitment. Be committed around this. It's around making sure we have maintaining our uh, consciousness around what we're doing and why we're doing. And the E. The E is around our emotions. With any change and any transformation, it is without fail. When we're doing something different, we're creating and exposing ourselves to a level of vulnerability that we may not necessarily be ready for. We have to be able to manage our emotions, the highs, the lows, Around the process. So, as we're going through the, the transformation, managing our pace from the very outset and being conscious of it as we move forward becomes an extremely important tactic and something we need to be reminded of early on. And I know my clients necessarily are, are struggle with that early on, but I'm constantly re- reminding them and even myself as I go through that transformative process.
0: Yeah, I, I guess that that's the telling part of just not trying to rush the results, because this is, you know, life changing transformations we're talking about, not just, oh, I'm going to wake up one day and be a new person. That's not not how this whole yeah. thing works. So everybody, everybody yeah. listening, pace yourselves, be patient. And and I love how you're talking about that vulnerability, because tying into your emotions is how you know these changes are going to come about. Now, mm-hmm. with with, you know, stepping away from the personal transformations in in your past, you've worked with corporations and their change management. So how do you see that differently or or maybe being a bit different in like a, a corporation or a company with doing some some transformations?
1: Yeah, with the with the corporations I'm work, working with, um, I've worked with them on a number of different levels, uh, both from a leadership development perspective, but also helping them from a more transformative perspective. Uh, systematic or more uh, technology-driven changes. At the individual level, from a coaching perspective, it's very similar uh, experience of coaching those individuals as well as the individuals who are outside of my corporate space from a professional standpoint. Um, their consistency is around, um, one, being better. Um, now, where they're better is being applied is a little bit different, right? From a leadership standpoint, I'm, I'm really focused on specific behaviors on how they're impacting their teams or their peers or how they're managing up. So as an example, working with a client now around specific details around managing former peers. So that really takes the shape of communication leading up. Also, how are they showing up within meetings? As a natural introvert, this particular individual isn't necessarily geared towards uh, speaking up in meetings or representing their own team or allowing others to speak on their behalf. So I'm working with that individual on the exercises and being more very specific and very tactical on how they're showing up in meetings and also how they're leading their team and what some of the measures of success. Now, as you might imagine, those same behaviors are applicable to how this particular individual operates in their personal life as well. Just because you're an introvert at work doesn't necessarily probably also means that you're an introvert at home as well. So it's getting him to also practice those behaviors um, in his personal life as well, extending him just enough so he's uncomfortable, but creating enough experiences relative to being so he can learn, be in the moment and conscious and then take corrective action as we move forward. That level of detail for those individuals, corporations and personal changes are very similar. That's a little bit different than when I'm working with executives around their strategies and how they're influencing their teams across an entire global world. So in that particular example, I'm a mouthpiece uh, from a strategic lens perspective of helping that executive communicate out their strategies and demonstrating certain levels of influence. More specifically around how do we create more engagement with their teams? What's the level of right um, visibility necessary as we move forward to make sure that everyone feels a part of the change process? Recognizing that the executives, they're going through a particular change based off of what they see on a sheet of paper. And as I think we all know, we all live parallel lives on paper and we can look at something very clearly and objectively and consciously and say, yep, I got it. I read it. Cognitively, I get it. But if you're not the one having to change, oftentimes it, that's the executives. We're now having to influence others whose jobs are changing to so make sure that they feel comfortable, make sure that they're prepared, aware that their voices are heard, which oftentimes gets left behind in changes. It's more or less a command and control, just do. And that's not the way we want to necessarily operate, although we could. (laughs) We might leave some shard behind us and leave a wake behind the boat that we're rowing. But we're trying to minimize that as much as possible. So from an organizational change perspective, more specifically those IT or process changes of which I help executives with, a lot of that is me helping coach them around creating visibility and engagement in ways that they don't necessarily do before and acknowledging some of the value that... Those who are actually going through the changes, caring for their feelings, caring for the timing, caring for the communication, caring for setting them up for success, because those are the ones who are actually doing the changes. And so that we set everyone up for success across the board.
0: Yeah. And and in that context, it it kind of ripples through the culture of that organization as well. So Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, it can just be top fed and then maybe nothing will happen, but it needs to be invoked from that, you know, that individual contributor as well. Um, Absolutely. With with those those companies that you work with, have there been any any commonalities you've seen across them where they kind of stumble or they're you know looking to to grow?
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of commonalities that I've seen across the board um, across the organizations that I've worked with. Um, so just as a, examples of the types of organizations I work with, um, I've or have worked for, um, it's been IBM, Shondaland, uh, Guitar Center. Warner Brothers, Nike, Sony. So you think about those type of companies, um, they're really cutting edge. They're individuals who are looking to expand. And I say individuals because the conglomerate of each one of those organizations really is moving things forward. They're constantly doing something. Um, They have a passion for what they do. They have a passion for making sure that they're contributing to one society but more importantly, they're also driving to expand who they are themselves. That's also true for the individuals of whom I work with. They're not necessarily comfortable with just being in one particular place. They're looking for expansion and that creates some level of of vulnerability across the board. So that's one strength that all of the organizations and individuals of whom I typically work with um, start from. But with that said, and to your point, there are some challenges associated with that. Um, oftentimes the opportunities come around, um, burnout, um, if you're constantly changing, right? Um, sometimes people just are tired. We need that level of consistency to test, break, fix on things that we're already doing. Sometimes we sweep things underneath the rug just to say that our house is clean. Well, that isn't necessarily the case. And there's a quote I like to to offer up when I talk about some of the challenges when going and working with organizations or individuals. It's a quote by uh, uh, Nicola Machiavelli, and it comes from his book, The Prince, that was actually written, I believe, in 1532. Um, And the the quote, or if I hopefully get it right, it goes, He who does not build his foundations beforehand may by great ability do so afterwards, but with great challenge to the architect and danger to the building. Oftentimes, as we're going through transformations and, and that burnout and there's some of those opportunities I see is that we don't necessarily have good foundations um, from our organizational side. It's about what's my ROI, what's my return on investment? So we're trying to do create as much efficiency, productivity, visibility as much as possible. Right. To say that, yes, we're tying dollars to a particular activity. So shareholders and, and employees feel value as important. Um, with employee, uh, with people, we're rushing to get results, right? Just to say, yes, we did something. But oftentimes we don't necessarily have the foundations in place necessarily to move forward. And, and so because of that, when I come into organizations or even when I'm working with people, one of the first things I'm looking for is what's our foundation and what are we starting with? And that's one of the opportunities and challenges that is very consistent across even the best of companies that sometimes our, with the best of intentions, we're moving forward and constantly changing. But number one, we're burning ourselves out because we haven't created enough consistency around what we're doing. And secondly, we don't necessarily have the strong foundations, be it our processes or our technology or cor- course correcting things that we said we we're going to get to five years ago, but never did. Or people individually who I'm coaching that say, yes, I'm already doing these things well, when in fact it's, they're not necessarily doing it well. They've just cut corners and said, hey, okay, I'm done because they don't want to go back. So those are the opportunities that I typically see within organizations and people that are fairly consistent.
0: Yeah, that, that foundation, I think, is critical. And that, that a quote sums it up because you can go back and try to redo it, but it's going to be at a detriment. So starting from a good, solid base, um, and I think that can mm-hmm. correlate to many aspects, not just in the business world and their personal life as well, right? Yeah. Of just having that strong Absolutely. foundation to grow and build, build on top of.
1: And it creates a lot of fear um, and why people, I think people and organizations don't necessarily go back. It's like, Oh, it, it would take a lot of effort. It creates now a whole new level of vulnerability. Um, again, as a quote mentioned, it's people can actually do it. Cause you have the skill to do it. You have the capability to do it, but it's, A lot more work to you to actually do it right from that architect and if you wait too long you're now correcting so many things that now it becomes as the quote says danger to the building and because that could come toppling down and so it's best to take the time let's start off with the right foundation and then we can build around it um as we expand
0: yeah and and on that too it's like not changing for a change's sake but actually moving towards something and and not rushing to that end goal, but taking the time to build the proper processes and get tech in place and all of that good stuff. And then, as we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier, making that in the core of the culture and everything that's, you know, everybody's going to be involved. Um, Really, really amazing stuff. Now, you know, we talked a little bit about just how people, you know, we talked about the pace and people following that method. But are there any other, you know, things that some quick wins that folks can do to help them be more productive and to get more things done with living with intention?
1: Yeah, I think there's 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 certain things that we, we can do to one live with intention. And the first thing is, I like to you know, I, I could even qualify living with intention and living with with productivity. And what what do I even mean by that? I will say that intention doesn't necessarily mean, or, or productivity doesn't necessarily correlate with, say, some measurable productivity. Sometimes, just bringing the best of ourselves is knowing when to step back, <laughs> getting a vacation, or just taking a walk. In that context, it's when I describe intent and productivity. Sometimes reframing um, our output so that we're living towards our passion. We're living towards our purpose and what we truly enjoy doing. That doesn't necessarily mean we're doing it all the time. So as we start to embark on a a process of productivity or thought of productivity, one of the first things I talk um, early on with my clients about is what's most important to you. Let's, Let's revisit and let's realign to your value and what you find enjoyment in. And that just isn't one thing, right? It's multiple things. It's, it's who we are and what we give back to society. It's what we now do with our families. It's what we do with our friends. Heck, it's even the investment we put into ourselves. It's now identifying what are those true pri- priorities and those values. Because now I can then take the next step and say from a productivity standpoint, where do I want to invest my time? Where do I want to put my energy into each day? And as I mentioned, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm always doing something. Sometimes it's a function of I'm just resting because that's what I need right now. I'm just thinking or I'm just reading. And that's the best thing I can do for myself. Other times it's go, 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 go. (laughs) Right. When we can actually do that early on and identify each day. Each moment on how we're using our time we then find ourselves being more productive. It then becomes less about an output or checking a box to say we did. It's oftentimes that enjoyment and love and passion, because that's where our energy comes from. That's where our attention comes from. That's where our intention of choice becomes more powerful. And as such, it's one of the things that I say for anyone who's looking for productivity Let's revisit and let's reframe for one of what's important to me. What am I passionate about? And let's reprioritize so that I can give my authentic self while also acknowledging what's most important. And this resets our mind and allows us to live to our true purpose.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Now, I I personally struggle with just trying to find that, that you know, because I, I live... I live a very selfless life, right? Of, you know, at work, mm-hmm. of giving to others and, you know, our customers and, you know, at home with my mm-hmm. kids. And how, how does one, you know, take stock of that? And what are some things that I could do or our audience could do to say, you know, what is it that we want? What is it that you want? What does that future look like for you?
1: Yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a strong question and, and point that you make. Um, similar to yourself. I live, live a very selfless life, right? It's it's one of those things where you're constantly giving. Uh, while I don't necessarily have don't have children, but having a family and and a, and a career that's based off of giving back to others, I have to force myself in in and identify time where I'm giving back to myself. And at some times, that's going to feel selfish, right? Because we live a life of constantly giving, constantly giving to others. We now have to be able to step back and give ourselves that time and that space. To say, I just need this time. And it doesn't have to be a day. It's not like, hey, I'm going to Cabo for a week <laughs> by myself. Um, although it could be that, yeah, depending on your situation. Uh, but but it's a function of what is that time during the day? And what's that investment that I'm going to put into myself? Because that's living to a level of authenticity where I can now give back to others in a more energetic way in, in certain instances where um, I now can be true to that spirit of giving and speaking to my family or speaking to my loved ones or being that father, being that brother, being that husband, being that friend. And so quick, a quick win in that would be, and I had to do this for myself, is I take at least a moment every day just for myself. Now, that moment could be an hour. It could be, you know, whenever space that could be, just to reset, just to say, what is, how am I investing in myself? And for me, that hour typically comes in the form of working out. It's that investment of myself. It's that downtime. I don't do it with anybody else. Just put the headphones on and just go, because now I'm invested in my health, my my body, but also my mind as well. It gives me that downtime. Once I do that, I'm able to then give my full extent of myself to others because now I'm not living in my own regret saying, darn it, I wish I would have done this or I'm constantly running around chasing kids or dropping them off here or got this activity or accountable to someone else's schedule. I'm now controlling my own in an influx of, yes, those things need to get done, but I'm also giving back to myself as well. So not putting myself last. So when I do have to go drop the kids off or in my case, you know, partner with my significant other around different activities, taking care of our dogs, taking care of family members, et cetera, I'm now showing up in a more authentic place. So in summation, um, the tactic that I use and that I suggest for those who have a and live a, a life of constant giving for others is to set aside a moment within each day. Again, be it an hour, be it just 10 minutes of just whatever you can afford yourself that feels right, that you're investing in yourself just reading a book, meditating, going out for a hike, a walk, going to the gym in my case, to make sure that I'm investing in both my mind, body, and soul so I can show up more authentically in those instances when I'm giving back to others.
0: Yeah, and in carving out that space, giving you permission to to do that, I think ties back to that foundation, right? Of saying this is mm-hmm. that 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 bit of what what you're building on, and it has to start with you. And if you're not healthy and you're taking care of yourself, then everything else is going to kind of be built off of that quicksand. So that that makes total sense.
1: Absolutely, And and you'll find that, or I found for myself and those of whom I I work with, when I offer up that idea. Um, I actually put it into my book as well uh, within the attunement of just to pause, process and reflect. So get, getting moments in time within a day or in my book's case, within a, within a week, just to reflect on the week and what you're actually going through. You'll find that other people re- respect that and they'll start doing the same. They'll like, respect the space that you've carved out and say, you know what? This is the time where I'm just, I, I just need this time for me. And it's not that I don't want to be with you. But I want to make sure that when I'm with you or when I'm coaching or when I'm with my significant other or family, that I'm present, that I have the energy, that I have the focus, that I also have invested in myself the same way I'm investing in you. And most people are like, got it. That makes perfect sense. So let me know when you get back there now. That might be a little bit different with kids. <laughs> you're like, "Hey, Dad, we're hop on you. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what you doing? Hey, what you doing?" Um, but you know, this might be that that time. So when you put them in quiet time or whatever the case might be, like, "Hey, this is our quiet time. Let's get our ten minutes together. Not saying anything. Let's see how well we can sit." And then let's roll. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and, that, and that's part of the reason why I wake up at four in the morning to a quiet household to just get my mind right and just just prepare for yes. the day for sure. Uh, yes, awesome. Uh, so, so what's next for you? What are you What are you excited about? What's coming on the horizon for you?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of things that create excitement for me, and I think we touched on a little bit. And that's consistently giving back. You know, one of the things that I'm I'm most excited about is I'm starting my next round of group coaching. Um, So I do my do a number of parts of group coaching called Mastering Your Intentions, um, where I bring about four to six people together and just walk them through a six week process of uh, really establishing a foundation of transformation. That's really exciting because that's an opportunity for one for me to give back to have rich dialogue to really walk people through a journey of their own processes, while also taking stock of what others are benefiting from a group dialogue as well. So that's really exciting. I'm also excited about the consistency of my my individual coaching that I do. It's really exciting just to talk to people who already have that foundation, but now it's have seen them expand, um, both from a corporate space, as you might imagine with COVID, um, and now leading within a, a varied, uh, environment, most likely hybrid for a number of com- companies, how do their how is their leadership skills showing up? So that's a lot of excitement as well as even with parents and even adults who are looking to expand from that 18, 35 year old who is saying, hey, I want to make sure I'm a CEO by the time I'm in the next five years. That's a really a rich dialogue as well. So that's really exciting. Um, and also I'm excited about starting a new chapter and, and writing another book. Uh, so that's uh, in the works um, to have that consistency of thought leadership of what I'm contributing back. And so those are the three things that I'm most excited about um, as I look around and think about my horizon, both in the near term, but also long term.
0: Awesome. So where where can our audience learn a little bit more about you and, and stay stay kind of up to date on everything that you're working on?
1: Yeah, you know, there's uh, several places that I uh, can be, be found. Um, so I'll start with probably the most popular one for most and that is social media. Um, so I'm both on Twitter and Instagram, uh, Dr. B underscore intention. Um, again, that's Dr. B underscore intention there. They'll see consistency of posts, um, of which um, I make sure or try to get things out every week. It's one of my growth opportunities as I tend to tend to trying to do everything it once, but uh, that's where people can get highlights and updates of some of the things I'm doing. Um, also, they can, I can be found at my website. That is at RhodesSmith.com. That's R-H-O-D-E-S-S-M-I-T-H.com. There, they can find this podcast as well as others um, around other thought leadership and topics uh, of which I'm speaking about. They'll also see uh, links to a copy of my book, um, Intention, which can be found on Barnes and Noble, as well as Amazon, both in a printed, printed copy or within an ebook. Um, you'll also see and have access to um, overviews of my coaching, both from a professional standpoint, as well as personal. Um, the personal will take an individual as well as group coaching view. And then there's also the group, uh, excuse me, the corporate coaching of uh, which I do as well. So that is a one great place to uh, get any updates relative to myself as well as uh, access to my book intention. Yeah,
0: sounds great. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes and, and let everybody get connected with you because everything you've shared today has really opened my eyes of just, you know, taking the time, building the foundation and not rushing the results. I think that's the biggest thing. So I plan to live with a yes. little bit more intention in my life. I hope everybody else <laughs> does. So thank you so much, uh, Ian, for, for being on the podcast. It was great, uh, great to have you and uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week.
1: No, thank you, Ben. It's been a, been a great pleasure. And uh, likewise, enjoy the rest of your week as well. All right. Thank you so
0: much. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Get More Done. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can visit getmoredone.youcanbook.me, reach out to us on Twitter at youcanbookme, or visit us on the forum, forum.youcanbook.me. I'll catch you on the next episode.
1: Cheers.